everybody, and welcome to another grand episode of the Civ Show podcast, a podcast about everything civilization. We suck, so you do not need to. I'm your host, Moisas. And I'm Nystagmus. And of course, Zoe is AFK at the moment, but he always comes in late, so. I hear his dog was pissing all over his floor, and he just had to, like, just clean it. Yeah, puppies will do that. Um, that's what happens when you get a puppy. When did you, when did you get your dog? Was it a puppy when you got it or did you get it like later on? Uh, yeah. Uh, Snickers was a puppy. Sna- um, Snickers. Yeah. Uh, Love it. It, and, uh, Liz got him when we were living apart at the time. So yeah, he was a puppy. Um, yeah. So there, there are troubles with that. He chewed on everything and peed on everything and food on everything basically so it's what happens when you get a puppy it's what you sign up for yeah well apparently i didn't know that <laughs> so when i yeah when i got one the same same thing it puked on the carpet it shit on the carpet it pissed on the carpet and what it, it's it's no longer with us so <laughs> we'll leave it at that we have a wonderful show for you today uh nystagmus do you know what time it is you got, you got to watch. What time is it? What time oh, is oh, it? Oh, it's time. It's time for the news. <laughs> so, uh, one day I'll get like an actual animation for the live podcast on Twitch because it looks just super <laughs> like cringy and stuff. But like, I, sw- I promise you, like during the edited version, there's like a whole soundbite to this. So we have to do it live. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm sorry if it looks cringy as hell, but it is what it is. Um, there is a civilization update tomorrow, which is super exciting. It includes all of the balance changes that were introduced in the new Frontier Pass. However, now all players will be getting the balance updates. Now, let me make that clear. Not all players are getting Grand Columbia and Maya. All players are getting the balance updates. An example of this is that a for the World Congress, when you vote down for diplomatic favor, saying a player loses diplomatic favor, they only lose two instead of three. Uh, that's an example balance change that they are introducing in this update, including a, a lot of natural wonder updates as well. Uh, they are introducing. So what you're saying is that Grand Columbia is still an S tier civilization. Well, I guess we'll find out. We'll find out in the second <laughs> half of this, only or second third of this. Um, they are introducing Red Death Season Two. If you have not played Red Death, it is a battle royale mode in Civilization, and it is actually a lot of fun. I played maybe a few games of it, and it definitely. You, there's some takeaways you can. Uh, yeah, some takeaways you can take away from that game mode. <laughs> well, just in terms of military positioning and military strategy, it's a quick, like maybe one hour absolute max game that you should try out. And they're introducing season two and they're introducing zombies and aliens, which I think would be really interesting as, civil, as civilizations or races, I guess we'll call them races in the Red Death game mode. So if you haven't tried that already uh, in season one, definitely give season two a try because Sean Bean will be in your ear holes narrating you the whole time this time. So that'll be really nice. And a really under the radar thing that they just kind of slid in there is the observer mode that they're adding into the game as well. An official observer oh, mode. Cool. Yeah, nice. right. That's cool for like the CPL and it's cool for any civilization show that really revolves around production. Yeah. I'm actually pretty surprised they never had observer mode up to this point. That's kind of weird, right? Like, I think it's it's more mainly because they focus on it being a single player game where you are playing the AI, right? So you, you wouldn't observe 
that. You're playing it, right? So they would they didn't prioritize that in any way. I guess it's them kind of recognizing the world in which we live in, which is like all esports now, right? So it's all about esports. Maybe trying to make trying to make a game a little bit more friendly to esports and playing on esports. So multiplayer was definitely an afterthought in Civ Six. In Civ Five, it wasn't an afterthought, but in Civ Six, it was an afterthought. I hope that doesn't carry over into Civ Seven when that gets released, and I hope that multiplayer is thought of right away. Uh, yeah, that's it for the industry news. That's pretty simple, isn't it? Look at that. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about the last game. It was Nystagmus playing Grand Colombia. I myself, I played Australia, and Zoe played Poland. Uh, Jadwiga. To victory. Yeah, Riyadwiga. To victory. To victory. To a score victory. We introduced kind of this new format in this game where we end basically right at midnight. Or at least at midnight, we declare that the next turn it's a final turn, and whoever has the highest score at that point will win a score victory. So now we have a finite end to every single one of our shows, which I enjoy personally. And Zoe won a score victory right at midnight. But it was kind of a nail biter. It was anybody's game, especially at 11.30 when everyone decided to go to war with everyone else. Just declare war on everybody. Yeah, so I kind of want to talk about what you did. Uh, You played, obviously, Grand Columbia, a very, very powerful civilization, and you probably had your best game to date with this civilization. Yeah, and granted, with an asterisk a little bit next to it, because I was doing it with arguably the most powerful civilization in the game, like you said. But um, yeah, I agree. I I thought I had everything kind of laid out. I was like, um, you know, I was never behind on almost any measure whatsoever. Um, In fact, by the end of it, and I didn't realize this, I I think I declared peace on you way too early, um, (laughs) mainly because I I thought you were going to catch up with me at the production for the military units. But then when all my military units finished, I I almost doubled my military strength again. I don't think you could have taken my city. I, I, I'll be honest. I don't think you could. Have I don't think it. so either. But um, I could have like caused a lot of problems. And I mean, you, you already you already pillaged. You already pillaged what you could in, in the area that you were in. You would have to go somewhere else to pillage more. So you would have to either have to go through Zoe, which I don't think he would allow, or you had to kill the one unit that's blocking this mountain pass. But even yeah. behind him was more units. So I don't think that's why I think you you couldn't have done anything. I tried my best to not allow the adjacency bonuses for the Yaneros. That was basically my that was my whole goal. It's like don't let the adjacency bonuses happen. I'll deal with the rest. And I think I did an okay job at that. Yeah, and it's hard to get them. You know, honestly, um, of all the things that Grand Cumbria has, you know. The Lanero's like adjacency bonus is probably the least important at that point. You know, they're not even like that fantastic of a unit. They're very fast and they're powerful, but you know, I I don't think that they're any much that much better than cavalry, to be honest. Okay. Really? Yeah. I found that the opposite when I played them. Continue. No, they you need your generals to make them viable. Yes. Yes. Right? Like you need to use your you need to use your commandante generals to make them as viable as possible. Because like that's the whole thing, right? They immediately heal, right? That that one general I retired, that gave all my melee units. Um, and it, it gets less intuitive as time goes on, right? Like musketmen are considered melee units. Yep. Right? Even though by almost all accounts, like people would assume that they're ranged. But they're, they come from the melee units, from swordsmen and, and things like that. Yes, yes. Um, and so I retired that general and all of my melee units got 
uh, within that range, which was all my musketmen got plus four combat. Right? Yeah, so that they was all really became good. like they all became like my elite musketmen at that point. Um, and so that was actually like the, the generals, I think, are way more important than people think. Because not only that, they stack with the other generals. Yeah, I, I don't know if people really underestimate them, like you're saying, but I know where you're coming from, where a lot of people talk about the plus one movement. I, I feel like that's the most talked about thing. It's the most memed thing. Like you see a bunch of like Sonic head, the hedgehog uh, head on on Simon Boulevard, like that kind of meme, right? Like, gotta go fast. But the Commandante generals, yeah, they're no joke. Like they are incredibly powerful. The reti- the, some of the retire abilities are insane. If you had the one that... Holy crap. Now, now I didn't even think about this until now. If you had the one that did 20 damage to every unit. Yeah, I didn't have that one. Oh, my God. That would have hurt me I, I, so I totally would have used it if, if I had that one. <laughs> and like it, it does 20 damage to every t- every unit in two tiles, and it heals all your Yoneros. So, like, you would just, you would YOLO push, you know, my piking shots and then heal everybody and do 20 more damage. And then the next turn, I would be probably super screwed. And to be honest, like, I, I think you, the whole time you were f- fighting with me, were selling your piking shots short. Like, I was afraid to actually engage them head on because they they were actually pretty powerful against my Lineros. They right? were, like, yeah. Even they were very with powerful. the combat adjacency bonus, it, they were pretty powerful. And that's why my overall strategy was to move my melee units to the front and have my Lineros behind them. Um, and that's and because you forced me to do that, that's what also took away the adjacency bonus. Because if the Lineros are all behind, they can't be adjacent to each other when they attack. Yeah, exactly. And then I had a bunch of ranged units too that were behind my city and in my city. And there was no like hills, so they can shoot over the city and you were next to it. So I had like, I had a really good defense. I hate to toot my own horn here, but I, I was totally ready for you to come in my land and be like, yeah, I'm going to take over your capital. And I, I was I was like, no, nah, it's not happening today. When that was also happening, I think was also when people forget about, you know, the history of warfare is always like a, a struggle between whether or not offense or defense is stronger than at that time, right? So for example, in the medieval era, defense is stronger. Um, that's why castles were built, right? People don't just build castles for no good reason. They do it because there's a point um, because you can survive sieges from that when the cannons were developed, that's when your um, um, offense became more powerful, right? Yeah. Now, that's what happened during World War One, where everyone thought the machine gun was a really good offensive weapon, which it was, but it was even better as a defensive weapon. And that's why trench warfare occurred. And I think civilization, as we're playing more and more, I'm seeing that they're mirroring that each era really defines on when it's easier to take a city or not. Hmm. Right. And when and when you get past the medieval era, it's very difficult to take cities um, as it should you be. Get, yeah. Until you get to the modern era when you can build bombers and stuff. Right. Right. And so I would like that's the other prob- problem I, I ran into with Grand Columbia, which is they get their powerful units right when it's the most difficult to take cities. That, that, that's you should have you. If I didn't go beeline to Renaissance walls, you would have. I think you would have had an easier time as well. Like you, like I said last week or on Sunday, I guess when you first initially declared war on me, I had ancient walls on my capital, and I freaked out. And I was building the medieval walls as you were at their doorstep, like you were right in front of my city yeah, as I it finished that, the medieval yeah. wall. And I was like, oh my gosh! And even medieval wall is like. 
week against Lanero. Is, is it Yanero or Lanero? Lanero. Like with the, with yeah. the J is like Yanero. I think it could be Yanero. Yeah, Yanero. I think it's Yanero. Yeah, it, uh, like I was panicking. I'm like, this guy's going to take my capital and like this is going to be really bad. The Medieval Walls did a good job with Zoe when I tried to take that one city at the very end of the game. Were you also attacking over a river? I think you might have been. Yeah, no, you were. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. But I surrounded the city. I attacked from multiple angles. You, it's, mm, you didn't, you yeah, didn't, I did. you, I, from what I remember, okay, so if you picture the hexagon, right, you definitely weren't on the, on the, on the north side, because that was like, yeah, it was. towards the rest of my civilization. The I, west side was no, no, the no, coast. I'm, I, I'm talking about Zoe. Oh. Oh. So his medieval walls really stopped my... He had medieval play. walls? He didn't have like yeah. steel or something? No, he, I guess he, he only had He only had Renaissance walls on his capital. Oh. He only oh, had yeah, medieval you're walls right. on that you're city. Right. Yeah. Dang, dude. You needed bombards really badly. Yeah. Oh, and even wow. when I got two of them, even when I got two of them, it was going to take me like at least five turns to get the defenses down. Mm. I think your takeaway from that game is get ranged units. They're very good. Yeah, if you had ranged units for for when you were attacking me, you would have just whittled down the pike and shots. Yeah, the pike I and think, shots weren't attacking you; you were just attacking the pike and shots. Yeah, I think that was like one of the things. I I like my melee units a lot. Yeah, right. Like mm -hmm. I, I do build a lot of them. Like I build a lot of musket men and 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 stuff like that. And then I build cavalry. I usually use a lot of melee units with cavalry, and I guess I I really don't utilize the ranged units as much, but that's just because a they're not that great up until like a certain time, right? Like. They're very neat. They have niche um, um, utility. I try to. I always try to find units that are like kind of one size fits all, like maybe not the greatest in some situations, but enough that they're viable in multiple situations. Whereas range units aren't always viable. Interesting that you say that because I am. I'm. I have the complete opposite mindset, where I think ranged are more versatile than melee. So I want to hear what your perspective. Like, why do you think melee is? more versatile because they range. can they can tank damage way better yeah but if you protect your ranged so if you protect your range with melee or with cavalry in your case right you have a line of uh narrows and then a line of ranged after that you're not wasting space so if you have melee or in your case you had narrows behind your melee you're just wasting space because that space could be used in my view, ranged units are best used for static defense. Oh, oh. Right? Okay. And so you put them in forts or you put them in cities because then they can't be attacked, right? Because then, because as soon as they're able to be attacked, as soon as someone's in range of them and able to like, like cover units and stuff like that, they get, they get cut down, right? And so your, your strategy works great as long as you don't get outflanked. As soon as you get outflanked, your range units are as good as dead. But think about how, how often you get flanked. Apart from Mongolia, how often have you been flanked? Because it is not easy to do in this game. Like, with turn-based systems and, and hills and forests, it's hard to get around, all the way around your military to finally come up the back to your range units and not, one, die in the front line because all well, you're trying to wrap around. The problem is, is that my, it's all dependent on what's my front unit, right? Right. And every front unit has an counter to it. So if I only had cavalry unit protecting my my ranged units, pike and shots can take those down pretty easily. Right? They would and that would it would force me to make my Lanero's tank damage from their counter. Okay. Right? Okay. 
I, I I don't know. So I think I think part of this though, I think you, there's a little bit of a, like a misunderstanding. Because you're you're saying pike and trout are strong. They are. I'm not disagreeing with that. However, they're not strong on the offensive. The reason why you're having problems with them, they're fortified. That's plus ten strength, right? They're mm -hmm. fortified and they weren't moving. And there was a reason why I wasn't attacking your your narrows. One, I didn't want to kill them and be out of position because then I would sacrifice my unit and I had less units than you, so I couldn't do that. Two, that goes to my point during that time period, right? During the industrial time period, that a lot of fights turned into stalemates. Mm. right even though you can't attack me i also can't attack you right without taking massive damage i need well, i would have to overwhelm you every single one of my laneros were not an, it was not like a minor or major victory it was always like a defeat whenever i was trying to attack you i think it's part of the reason because they're fortified though but that's the point like you're the that the combat is not geared towards offense if someone all they have to do is fortify and it suddenly stops your advance right whereas I guarantee you, when you compare the tank compared to any of its its uh, its modern era counterparts, it just rolls over them. I would I would I would I would probably argue that the anti tank is literally equivalent to the pike and shot versus the Yanero. It's probably exactly the same. But tanks, but tanks tank can tank more damage. That's the, I know that's a pun, but um, <laughs> they and they're faster. I will have to math check that, but I, I don't think, I don't know how true that is, but I, I, I know where you're coming from because I've heard other people say the same thing, but I also, at the same time, I don't think a lot of people use anti-cavalry units because they're not good offensive units and people usually find other ways to handle cavalry, but with you having a unique cavalry and Zoe having unique cavalry, I didn't really have much of a choice. But to go to no, Pike I get that. and get like, to Pike and You track. have to. That's how you defend yourself. Yeah. Right? They're not yeah. great for offensive. No. But, but even if I had my ranged units, right? Like what would be the ranged units in the industrial era, right? Those would be your bombards, right? No, in the industrials, that, that's the the, oh, the Gatling gun, uh, whatever that's called. Um, it's, it's after the crossbowmen, right? And those are really incredibly strong units. Those are Crossbow, Crossbowmen can turn into like field cannons. Field cannons, yeah. Those are really strong. Those would take out those piking shots in two shots. If you had two of those, you would take out a piking shot every turn. I believe. I don't know. Is that bombards don't do that great? Bombards, it's because bombards are not industrial zone. Bombards, you get bombards earlier, right? You get bombards when you get crossbowmen. That's yeah. that's that era. It like hmm. the field cannon is equivalent to and the I, artillery. And I just say like maybe I should try it, right? It's just um, the more mixed units that you use, it just becomes it becomes kind of complicated in, in, in your advance, right? I try to do it in such a way that I can defend myself so that they can tank damage and then basically it's kind of like the zap brannigan like strategy right which is i just overwhelm me with wave after wave after of men until it, you zerg you zerg me right yeah. yeah yeah basically that's why i like that's why my favorite um um civilizations are ones that i can just like max out production you should play right? macedonia goal, macedonia is really good at that right that's why germany is my favorite my favorite one though right because their their production is like um, you know off the charts and i can just keep building more units and just overwhelm you basically that's my usual strategy i'm not a military uh, gene i'm not napoleon here right like <laughs> maybe you should try red death though or try some of the single player scenarios that like really specifically cater to warfare and try different strategies that way is that way you don't have to like kind of build up the whole thing and like do all that stuff you can just kind of go straight into it and just so you can understand how powerful 
some units are like like how good is ranged against anti cavalry? How good is ranged against melee? How good is ranged against regular cavalry? How good is uh, melee versus ranged and whatever? It's like you can kind of just experiment with like all these different types of strategies, I guess. Like take advantage of the flanking bonus, take advantage of the support bonus, take advantage of all of these other things that you may or may not be aware of just to ha like get those little, little bonuses. Like plus four combat strength is a lot. That's it's no joke, right? For a support bonus, I think it's like plus five or plus 10, and then fortifications plus 10. That's a lot, right? And that's what my piking shots were having. They were having the support bonuses because they were beside each other and they were having the fortification bonus. And that's why you couldn't get through. If you head to head, Pike and shot, you narrow, you narrow wins. If you head to head with a fortified line know, of that's the point, right? Like the point is that it's never head to head, right? Someone is always offensive and someone is always defensive, right? Like someone is always trying to advance further. The other person is simply okay with stopping the advance, right? Like for you, a victory for you would be I can't get past that mountain pass or I can't get past this certain point. Um, and as long as you keep, as long as I keep on, you know, that's why I pulled back, right? Because I was like, I'm just going to end up suiciding all of my units into your fortified units and I can't do anything about it. Yeah. Um, and so I pulled back because I was like, this is what's going to happen. Eventually I'm going to do the wrong move. I'm going to misclick or something like that. And it's going to put me a bunch of my units in a bad position. I'm going to lose a huge chunk of them. And then you're just going to turn around and attack me. Right. Okay. Um, I see. So I see where I that comes back. from. Okay. I see where you're coming from now. I definitely knew how you could have beaten me, and it was with ranged units. If you just didn't attack with your horsemen, I was not going to attack you because I know I couldn't kill you, and I didn't want to level up your horsemen, pretty much. So if you just whittled away at with ranged strikes, those piking shots would have died eventually, or at least they would have had to retreat, and you can kind of just like creep up your advance, kind of like the creeping creeping barrage, right? Just uh, kind of like keep shooting, they have to retreat, you keep going forward. Right, that's kind of like the how you advance. I think so. That's my yeah. that's my. Theory. And when I when I first attacked you, I didn't. I couldn't make field cannons. Right. Like I can make crossbowmen. Re remember when you were making fun of like, oh, it's cute. You look at your crossbowmen versus my arrows. Like, yeah, but like they add up a little bit. Like when you have all those shots, kind of just add up. It's, it's a lot. It eventually turns I know. into. I It was a lot. still taking. It was still you're using like half your army just to kill one of mine. Whatever. Right? Like that's that's you know what I mean. Like it doesn't matter at that point because. In, in the end, I killed one, and you did not. <laughs> like That's kind of a victory in itself. Um, anyway, let's take a small break here. Uh, I know we didn't even talk about what Zoe did or Poland, but whatever. That was an interesting conversation. Let's take a little bit of a break, and then we're going to re-rank Grand Columbia. I'm pretty sure there's a pretty clear line of where they're going to end up. Uh, and then we're also going to rank, though, Australia. And I have an idea of how to rank Poland, but obviously Zoe would have a better insight into ranking them. Uh, so we will be right back. Don't go anywhere. Sit your butts down. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Sib Show Podcast. We suck, so you don't have to. Let's rank some sibs, shall we? Uh, if you are not watching this live on Twitch right now, let's give you a little bit of an update of what our tier list currently looks like. We've ranked 1, 2, 3, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12 civilizations. And uh, so in the S tier, we have Grand Colombia, which will be re-ranked right now and we have germany in the a tier we have maya macedonia japan and china 
B tier, we have Persia, Ottomans, Brazil, and Mapuche. In C tier, we have Inca. And in D tier, we have Khmer. Ironically, I've played the bottom two civs the last two weeks, I think. Three weeks. Yeah, that's fun. Um, <laughs> so I, uh, you started last time, so I think I'll start this time. Okay. Uh, just because I don't, I, I I hate putting other people first all the time because I feel like I've kind of put them on the spot. So <laughs> I'll go first. Uh, so John Curtin and the Australians were a lot of fun. I loved when you guys declared war on me, obviously because of that extra one hundred percent production. Oh my gosh! Literally anything was built in one turn. I could have built wonders in three turns, and these were like wonders I just discovered in the civic tree. Like it was insane. And it helped that I had an industrial zone in the middle of my civilization. That map was really good for that. And it spread to all of my cities. And that was awesome. And then I built an aqueduct right beside it too to give it that plus three adjacency bonus. And so that, that plus 100 production was no joke. Every city felt it. And it was, I was building so many units and it was why I was able to defend against you especially because it really, really helped when you declared war on me. With Zoe, it helped a little bit but I still focused on economy as Zoe kind of attacked me. Uh, as long as I had, I had a couple units and I, I was confident that he wasn't going to get by. And after that, I kind of was like, okay, let's keep use this production to build up my economy. That was a lot of fun. I never got a chance to use their unique unit, which is the digger. It is available in the modern era. We never got there, obviously. And I don't think we ever will get there again unless we start in a later age. Yeah, we'll get to that to the end of this podcast. <laughs> right, right. But I hypothetically in my brain, the way I mapped this out is that they're an incredibly strong unit. They are stronger on the coast. So plus 10 combat strength on the on coastal tiles, which is like insane. Uh, they have plus five combat strength as well when they're outside of Australia. So that's plus 15 if you are a coastal civilization and you're getting attacked by melee on the coast by Australia. It's, so it's it's no like it's hard to defend against that. So not only are they good just invading in from the water, but once they're on land, they're also really good still. And they just take over and surround a city and you can just pop shots with boats or ranged or whatever to eventually get a city. Like I said, that, that's a hypothetical situation because I never got to experience it. I hope I, I, hope I did, but never happened and it's fine. The Outback Station was pretty good. It was okay. Uh, honestly, they felt like farms to me with production. So in that sense, it was good. Farms with production. So you're, not, you're never like wasting uh, by putting a, thing, a, a farm down by just having food. It also gave you production. I never really felt the, the, the super strength to them, I guess, for lack of a better term, because I never got to build them adjacent to each other. I just never got to that point of the game where I really, really focused on like building a lot of stuff. The culture bombs were awesome. It was awesome that me and Zoe were constantly going back and forth trading tiles. He built a encampment district. He took my tiles, but then he didn't take the one that had a pasture in it. So I built a pasture and it took all of his tiles. It was it was a, it was a good back and forth. I think I eventually won the amount of tiles taken. If you want that as a stat, I eventually won that for culture bombs, which is awesome. But that's a really 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 cool ability that uh, that Australia has. Probably one of the best, if 
uh, other than the plus 100% production, that would probably be Australia's best trait is the culture bombs they get from building pastures just means that they get more land a lot quicker. So just look out for cows, sheep, and horses. Build a bunch of pastures. Also upgrades your outback stations. All that, I think, would lead to Australia being definitely a B-tier civilization. I think they are definitely better than Incans, right? And the Incans are C-tier. And I would, I would say they're comparable to Brazil, at least. And uh, yeah, in, to Brazil. I, I, would, I would rank them in the B tier. Hmm. I don't know. I, I, and that, that kind of seems a little bit low for me. Like I really? kind of would have ranked them kind of more into the A tier. I think that one plus 100% production after you get declared war on is like huge. Right. Where you but can really take advantage what of if that. No, I, 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 what if no one declares war on you? then you just be you, right? Like you, <laughs> right. Just, you just do you, you just do what you do, boy, and people will declare war on you. Happened twice in that game, so. <laughs> right, but, but okay, so when I look at A tier though, I see Maya and I see Macedonia, and those are two incredibly strong civilizations. And so I don't think they're really comparable to them. They're strong, don't get me wrong. Australia is really strong. I just don't think they're comparable to Macedonia. I think Macedonia would wipe them out, personally. So they like, Yes, I understand your argument for A, and if this was like a brand new tier list where no one else was to compare to, yeah, I would probably rank them at A. But since I have a sort of a reference now of who A is, I don't think they're that I don't I don't think they're that high. I think it's like a very high B tier, very comfortable B tier, probably be one of the best B tier civilizations. Okay. I kind of like I thought maybe A tier would be a good place for them. Uh, they have they're in good company up there okay i have a hot take then they're b tier like <laughs> right, whatever yeah. hot take yeah. hot take hey man hey man i thought we were we're all thinking out loud here right i'm not saying it's wrong to say that they're b tier just I, I, and maybe also because you never really got to see how their other units were yeah really used, that right? too like, yeah and all that stuff it's it's again one of those things where it's hard to um compare macedonia which is a civilization that peaks early on right they're an ancient you know quote ancient civilization you know and then you know you say australia and but they don't get a lot of their benefits until later on yeah macedonia's so once you play macedonia you'll understand like you never have to build science you just build military units and your science goes up it's insane <laughs> so you know you build like one campus just for the sake of having an adjacency bonus and just crap out units all the time all the time and you know, half the production cost of a unit just turns into science. It's insane. So that's why I think Macedonia is just better. Like if 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 maybe Macedonia was S tier, maybe I would I would put Australia A tier because I just that's who uh, that's who I see. Like I, I can't compare Australia to Macedonia. Like I don't I do not think they belong in the same tier. If I move up Macedonia, then I would probably move up Australia. Okay. That's. Yeah, hot take, I guess. Okay. I'll, I'll keep them there for right. now. And then if we re-rank them when someone else plays them, totally cool with me. All right. We'll have to see where, where Zoe ranks Poland too. But yeah, I know, um, that's true. Now for myself, for, for the Grand Grand Colombians, um, I don't know. I know we initially ranked them S tier. Um uh -oh. I'm not as what? Uh oh. What? I don't what? know. It sounds like it sounds like you're gonna put them down here. 
No, well, I, I can definitely say that I'm not as like gun ho about them being in S tier. I still think, however, just because most of their advantages are like for the entire game, right? Like plus one movement the entire game, right? Yes. Um, and so because of those other added bonuses and their free generals are the entire game, they get a free general the entire game at the end of every era. Um, and the fact that those retire abilities are really powerful. Um, and and because of all that, I don't think it's as powerful as I initially thought when we were all like talking about it and going, oh, wow, you know, this is awesome and stuff like that. Like, it's, yeah, it's it's cool. It gives you a definite edge, but it's definitely not as OP as I initially thought. Okay. Um, but I still think they're an S-tier civilization because of those things that last the entire game. Okay. I just don't think it's like as obvious that they're like, okay, they're clearly an S-tier no matter what. So maybe I would sit down with that meme that you made about like, you know, Grand Columbia's an S-tier civilization changed my mind. Changed my mind, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, and so I, I definitely still agree that they're up there. Um, but I don't, I'm not as, you know, playing them twice in a row now. Um, I, and I played a good game with them too, right? Yes, you did, yeah. You know, I'm not as... You know, I, I still think they're up there in the S tier, but I'm not as like, oh yeah, this is so obvious. So I'm, I'm not in that comfort zone anymore. Right? Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, now I have to actually reason it out and show why they're in the S tier instead of like before. I was kind of like, yeah, this is clearly like we, we barely even talked right last time we put right. Them, yeah, they're S tier. Like, yeah, no question. Yeah, move on. This is obvious. Yeah. This yeah. is obvious. Clearly, they're S tier. Now I'm more like, okay, now we actually have to reason it out because they their advantages are significant, but you have to actually like prove that hey, plus one movement. You know, that's one thing that becomes way less important as time goes on, right? Right. Like, it's more important in the early game, right, um, than it is in the later game when, like, you go, you can build roads and, you know, you have cavalry and stuff like that, right? Um, and so still think that they're S tier civilization. However, not as, like, not as uh, automatic as a response for me. So I'm not going to move them in the tier list at all. Okay. Uh, I, I, now that Zoe's here, how, hi. Uh, what what happened, dude? Like, why why you, was your dog all over the floor? Like, what happened, dude? I was in line for my haircut, and they ended up having to quarantine the entire block. What? Uh, guess some dog bit a guy with COVID, and has now there's like rabies COVID, and oh, holy no. shit, I barely made it out. I barely made it out. But do you like my haircut? Is it? Is it? Huh? Huh? Is that? He just yeah. confirmed for our viewers that you are in fact joking. Is that like an actual new strain of COVID going around? In Hamilton, you you, you didn't you didn't hear about July's <laughs> rabid COVID? You didn't it's hear about this? It's, June. No, just next month. <laughs> oh coming. oh, you're it's oh, coming. so you're from the you're from the future. Whoa. Yeah. Hey, who wins yeah. next week? <laughs> Sorry, guys, I did it again. It's just gonna be. We're going did you put a, into, you put a bowl in your head now. and then cut it? It's, I know, you know, it's getting it's getting really bad. It's like a Roman. You should play the Romans next week is what you should do. I think I just sort of just got to go with it and just embrace that this is my new reality, you know, because I'm not getting a haircut anytime soon. Just shave it off, man. I shave mine off. I'm bald. Look at this. Look at that hairline, by the way. You see that? That's a 26-year-old hairline right there. Yeah, That's right. I, I still have a good hairline, though. Yeah, so. I'm jealous. Damn you. For my toupee, can't you tell? <laughs> so uh, we're going to summarize basically where we ranked our civs. I ranked Australia B tier. Nostalgimus slightly disagreed. He thought maybe I would rank them in the A tier, but he eventually was like, okay, I get it. Uh, he ranked 
Grand Columbia, hot take, S tier. Um, agree or disagree with any of those? It, like kind of like whatever or i i'm surprised you didn't rate australia a but i do get it because uh as cool as they are they are uh they are terrain dependent um they're not terrain dependent i wouldn't say that well, pastures need, are easy to come by they, they need their pastures and yeah but you can argue um, maya needs their plantations they need, they're, and they also hold on hold on they need pastures and they also need um uh, what's it called uh site or not site uh uh, appeal? Do they not? Do they not need appeal? Oh, they don't need it. Like, well, they. But it's a big I, part it's, of their, it is part. It's a big, big part, part of their of bonus. Right? Yeah, but you get appeal from just like being on the coast. So they they do spawn on the coast and they get more housing on the coast. And I also did get your other point that the other advantage they have depends on other players, right? Like yeah, people have to declare war on you for you to get your bonus. Too, yeah, so. and the modern era unit is super far away. And I when I looked at A tier, I saw Macedonia, and I'm like, I can't say they're as good as Macedonia. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. So, now it's your turn, though. Poland. Poland. Yeah. Um, really interested to hear what you, what you yeah, think about Yeah. What a sieve. Um, that game was hard for me. Um, oh, I, yeah? For you? It, it was hard for huh. me. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it was. Winning's just got <laughs> so much more yeah, I, had, I had everyone to I mean, I'm getting so tired of winning. Wow, must be tough. Must I know. Be tough. I know. Yeah. I, I I like the the way that we did our score. I'm looking forward to just in the future. I, I really that. like that. Yeah, I really like that. Makes it like at 11, you gotta shit or get off the pot, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, they were really complicated. Uh, I I like that they pre they're they got so many things that they can do, but I think that's actually part of their problem because everything that they do isn't necessarily synergetic. Um, I think if I could have pulled off spreading religion into your, into your territory, um, things would have gone much different, but like, I just, I mistimed, I misfired. I thought I could build forts once I got my military engineers. And then I was like, oh crap, I still have to get, um, bombards or whatever, or not bombards, um, medieval walls or whatever. Yeah. yeah whatever the science is. It was get. a 14 yeah. turn away when I, and I hadn't, didn't have the trigger for it. Um, because my aim was I like when I was ready to go to war, cause I rushed as quickly as I could to those, the winged, and I think I got to them really fast. Um, but I took crusader and, um, with the hope that I would have been able to spread faith into your land. So if you're, if you're, if my religion is, is the your dominant one, all my yeah. units have plus 10 yeah. attack. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I was hoping to, uh, to leverage that and try to just over overwhelm and out, outmaneuver you. Uh, but I was also hoping to poke the bear and have you declare war on me by starting to culture bomb you with forts after forts after forts. Uh, but I was too far away from this. Like, I was like 14 turns. I was like, nope, I got to attack right now. Um, so that made it hard because that attack didn't really do anything. Um you know, I, I accumulated lots with wonders, but like, yeah, they're just all over the place with their abilities. So it, it was actually legitimately difficult to focus um, on anything in on, on any one tactic. Uh, I thought I had a shoe in for domination and, uh, you know, the, 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 those units did not perform as well. Uh, I as think I the hoped. pikemen that I built also helped a lot. Yeah, your, your pikemen helped, but it was just in general, you had a swarm of units. So, you know, you you were able to just come around and kill my guys. And I did some silly things. So 
like, yeah, I, I took the, the lamest way to win this, you know, this the high score. Um, and that was my wonders. You know, I, I've been, been in your era score. You're, and I'm very good at, yeah, I'm very good man. at eras. I don't, I, I think I might've had one not golden age. Like I was, I was hitting all my triggers. So, um, I think in the end, like Poland is very complicated and you gotta know a lot of things about Civ. Um, so for me, they'd be, I think B tier, but I think if someone was just to pick them up, I don't know. I, it, they could be C tier. Um, there's three weeks in a row that you give them two ranks for civilization. Just like you need, like we need, we're releasing this at the end. Yeah, you but I, I, as I say, I say, I, I, I question, I question the, the your, your okay. tiering system. The tiering system is that you had one week to practice and you have two other buds that you play with every single week. So yeah, I know. Given I just, that I look at scenario, it, I, I look at different angles. I look at different angles. Um, I'll give them a B. Okay. I'll give them a B. Uh, they're they're a sturdy enough sieve. Um, if you um, like religion, domination, and culture, and you can win technically all of them, but like the crappy thing is like a lot of their abilities are not very synergetic. Um, so yeah, but oh, all in all, all in all, uh, because they have so many abilities that affect so many aspects of the game, they were fun to play. They were fun to play, so B. Okay, I, I, I like to uh, I like to say that you know next week uh, Zoe is going to say for the Civilization X if the uh, solar eclipse happens at the right time and the stars align then they're clearly an A tier Civilization. However, if someone if were just it's the to fourth walk Orthodox the and, uh, rising of the second setting. Uh, then they're then they're clearly <laughs> a D tier Civilization, um, and then. You know, for me, because you know I, I am you guys basically are the eat best your player when this trio. I put forward the Zoe <laughs> ranking system that'll produce good results. That would be interesting. Okay. Um, and you guys will have your random, and I'll be like, well, that would be interesting. How about at the end when we rank all the civs, then we have our own list. Like you make your own list, I make my own list, and we just compare. Zoe's, be like, Zoe's list, Moy's yeah. list. Yeah. We can release cool. all of those too, right? But. But Zoe's list is going to be the, the an essence of Schrodinger's cat, right? <laughs> like it's going to be like every civilization is either A the, tier, the S tier, or whatever tier. The, you never know the, until the, you actually the, play. The one them. thing that I will say for Poland, um, <laughs> you can rush to those winged hazards really, really quickly, um, and I just didn't have enough of them. I needed lots to 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 overtake Moy, and I just didn't have enough. Uh, but they are like surprisingly easy to get to um and uh you know if they don't have knights like that's the comparable unit is a knight it's a medieval unit right like it's it's not a gunpowder unit it's a medieval unit but it has the strength of a gunpowder unit if i if, if i had played harder warfare very cool stuff so i want to i want to re-rank some stuff because now that i see that you put them there i'm like okay now i just don't disagree i don't agree with this uh, I want to put Macedonia in S tier because they are super dominant. Like, I, like when I played them, like that was a dominant game. The only circumstance was that you two went to war and you crippled each other so much that they didn't feel as dominant because you guys were already in the dumpster, for lack mm. of a better term, right? So I put them yeah. in A tier kind of to be, to be generous. But I do think, like, I did say that they were high A tier, maybe S tier when I put them in the A. 
I would say that they're S tier because when they take a city with a wonder, every single one of their units in their army, in the entire army, heals. And they're going to have a big army because when they produce units, they get science. So you don't waste turns building you know, campuses and libraries and stuff like that. Instead, you build your encampment and you just units and units and units and units and units. And then eventually, if you have enough units and you have enough military, you're going to take a city with a wonder. Your entire army is going to heal and you can just keep pressing on. And you'll probably take cities with campuses and stuff like that, and that'll advance your science as well. So I would say if I, you know, I can put them in S tier, and then what I said before is that Australia wasn't an A tier because of Macedonia being an A tier. But if I move them to S, then I would feel confident to move Australia to A because I do think Australia is better than Poland in almost every sense. <laughs> and I, I don't, I don't think they deserve to be on the same tier as Poland. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, like the, uh, if I was more strategic with my, you know, my barrack culture bombs, those culture, those could be really damaging. Um, I just didn't do it enough though. They have like the war of attrition. Um, uh, but yeah, I could, I could agree with, I, like, I could see what you're saying. Like I've never actually been Australia, but I just, I look at their abilities and I'm like, oh man, this civ is awesome. Um, so yeah, if anything though, it'd be that Poland's a C tier, not that, not that, you know, Australia needs to move up. All right, fine. And then you know what? Screw it. Let's leave it, and then we'll change it on the way on the on the second yeah. second first, season. First round doesn't right. count anyway, All right. right? Fine. fine. <laughs> I already I can already see people being like, "How could you possibly? How could you possibly put Poland and Australia in the same tier? <laughs> this is the stupidest life I've ever seen in my life. Do you guys don't even know how to play Civilization?" <laughs> we don't. We don't. Yeah, we that's suck. So you don't have to. What point, point of that right? do you not understand? <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys suck at this game? Yeah, we do. No, I. They're versatile. Don't get me wrong. Poland's versatile, you know, the wild, the extra wild card and, um, you know, the, Hey guys, hot take the next CPL, the winner is not going to be one of us. Hot take. Watch out. Hot take. Hot take. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you want to watch people who know how to play, you can tune into the CPL. Yeah. If you want to watch some jesters bump into each other and, you know, shout obscenities for five hours. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, we're We're right here. here. You found him. Yeah. (laughs) All right, so we are going to take a small break again before we get into our last section here. We're going to be taking Q&As from the chat as well as Twitter. So if you have any questions, please post them on either one. Uh, If you're listening to this live, anyway. If you're not listening to this live, just sit back and relax because we'll be back in the magic of, with the magic of editing, two seconds. We'll be right back. See you in a bit. Welcome back to the Civ Show. We're going to be talking about what the possible new district is going to be in the July update for the new Frontier Pass. We have uh, a couple of, or few, I guess a few, a few is three, a few ideas of what this new district should be. We're going to draw a name from a hat and, oh, look at that, Zoe, you're up first. <laughs> so I think that we're going to see the equivalent of either, I don't know, call it what you want, waste disposal, landfill, something to do with guard, like, oh, like the environment. And I and I think that it'll, 
It'll be something that like your your city's got to put its waste somewhere, um, and it'll be like one maybe one can service like many cities, um, but otherwise like yeah that because it, 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 uh, Civ's been really so I think it's going to end up being a district that like you end up you need it but like it also creates problems for you, um, but then I could see it uh, maybe later in the game being one of the solutions where. Um, you know, maybe eventually your your landfill or whatever you whatever they end up calling it uh, becomes an actual resource area that you're able to get stuff from and harvest for resources. Um, so yeah, I, I I think we're gonna see some kind of district. Now I think the practical one would be like let's expand on sanitation and let's do because all cities require you got to put your garbage somewhere, um, and uh, you know you, it's something that. Um, that that I could definitely see, uh, but at the same time, I could also see it being that it's more environmental, and that they say, okay, like environment, the, the environment runs runs rampant. It's broken, I think, in a way, especially on tinier maps. How run rampant it goes, like you know, just having a freaking ironclad can cause the entire world to melt. That's ridiculous. Um, you know, that came up the last game. That's that was all, on a that was on a box of smoke, that to was, be fair. But it was all the only thing in the in the map that was making any pollution was a stupid ironclad that I got with my admiral. But it took a long time and it only went up one stage. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's ridiculous. It's it, it no, it went up to two. It, it like the, the it starts, the, started it starts at one. It starts at one. Things started to flood, and it was the only thing producing. So I think they'll have some way uh that and then in maybe future text there'll be like carbon recapture. Or, or something along those lines. So anyways, something to do with garbage. Something okay. to do with waste. Something to do with pollution. Cool. Nystagmus, uh, what's your idea? Um, so the other thing, it's all about different themes. So like Zoe thought maybe it's going to be something along with the environment, right? The other thing that they could do is making World Congress matter more, right? And at the moment, we don't have much control over like other than the government or whether or not it's this area of a city-state of getting diplomatic favor. And so I thought maybe they can make a district where you would build embassies, like a diplomatic district where you can get uh, diplomatic favor that way. So you can go for the the angle of, I'm going now, I don't know how they're going to balance that with the whole diplomatic victory because you could start like really um, messing with people because you get more diplomatic points that way but i think maybe something like that where you can get a little bit more diplomatic favor based on those districts you can get more embassies or something like that as a as like a i was thinking embassy as well um or consulates or something like that um and like similar to that like maybe affect the, the diplomatic victory but i was thinking even just opening up um special treaty options beyond like not just alliances like other potential treaties that that um that might be opened um but that you need like one per civilization so like i could see it being like a special district that like you still have your regular district limits and then even then each one it's a consulate to one civilization then you have to build another consulate in another civil in another town to another civilization um you know or even to the point where like even just building them requires that you both like sign a treaty you know you have to like start building them at the same time. I don't know. Um, if they went that route, though, I've always wanted to see something to do with refugees, something to do with, like, when a city falls, like, people flee the city. I think that's a common historic theme 
that never gets played on is the fact that like when there is war, when there are these disasters, there are refugees. Uh, and you know, your, your civilization's policy towards them because refugees might bring problems with them. Right. Or it could be a way to, to, to boost your population. Uh, so I wouldn't mind to see like, if they did do something like a consulate that it gave you special options for maybe special uh, policy cards um, or something along those lines. And I'd love to see them involve something like refugees. I was thinking that maybe it could just even increase your alliance uh, kind of treaties where you can maybe choose. Yeah, like kind of you said this before, like on a couple episodes ago, where you can choose maybe two alliances for somebody, but it doesn't like block it off, maybe. So like I can say, oh, I want a science and economic with Zoe because he has this embassy in my consulate, we'll say. So like we can do that. And then I can go to Stagmus and be like, okay, now I want culture and military with you, right? And just have like a better better alliances kind of thing. Cause now you're like in my land. So I think that's neat. I, I, I kind of like that uh, as kind of like a base thing. What would it produce? Like pro not, not it would, production. it would like probably diplomatic produce favor diplomatic turn? favor. Yeah. It would probably produce diplomatic favor. And then yeah. would it have like an adjacency bonus or not? I guess like a, like an, like an entertainment district doesn't have adjacency bonuses. Right. So it's kind of, I guess it would be similar to, that where you kind of just build it for the sake of building it doesn't like really yeah. help yeah or it could, it, it could be that the district itself is versatile and it depends on the the you know maybe you make a treaty with somebody um and uh and it you know it it, uh, it improves or it gets access to something uh something else that might be neat is if they somehow do and i guess this would be a completely separate one uh if they somehow did a district that did something special specifically for governors um oh, you know so um, like maybe like a district that like you can have an extra governor and he's in that district oh uh, and then, so then, the, then the, the city, city has, has two, two governors that has would two be governors. sick yeah. that would be um, so cool so something like that which allow which would allow for like a little additional micromanagement um that uh, just for one city though where it's like it's like yeah it's it'd be the equivalent of how i see like washington dc right is this one district is like it's controlled by the entire government and in it, it has this special feature and, and that'd be an easy one to do is yeah you can put an extra governor in there uh or maybe even by building it it unlocks a governor but i don't i don't think we've seen anything about governors so you never know like i don't yeah nothing's been mentioned but i don't think there's any reason why they wouldn't they couldn't do it as i was as you guys were talking i was coming up with more ideas so now i have like two or three ideas <laughs> now that it. the brain's been like kind of going in motion here so my initial initial idea was a uh, intelligence agency so something mm -hmm. for spies yeah, even yeah. so like you know how canada has the cse and like yeah. america has irs so like you know having something where you can spy on land like just yes. get information about it but not kind of risk your spies at the same time just like you know or maybe you, you can you can ha some some hack their things like if both of you have computers you can hack their things and like spread propaganda or like something like that along those lines i don't know where that goes on if, from if, there yeah, but if, they, if they or if they opened up it opened up extra options for for things that you, spy missions and stuff like that there'd be extra options that you could do uh yeah i could see that i could see that being um being a, a very real district um, yeah. there, there was one more district idea that okay. I thought of, um, and it just came to me cause I was reading recently up about how warfare used to be that like, 
really it's nationhood is like a is a more newer thing um and before then how a lot of nations or city states fought their battles was with mercenaries and mm. uh the idea i have is like what if they had like it's a mercenary camp it's not a barracks and what it does is it is able you can spend gold or just maybe does it's like a barbarian camp within your civilization that builds random units uh and it's just every now and then a, a unit comes out of it and you control it um and it's a mercenary and it almost maybe work like levying that like you only get it for like so many turns yeah um i thought that'd be neat um uh, even though that it seems a little barracksy but um I don't so know, but i i guess points. what you would classify that as like levying a city state but you don't have to be cesarean of it and it's cheaper than buying a unit because there, it's temporary and there might be special units and i can't remember it might have been civ 5 maybe it's a different game entirely that i'm thinking of but that had like special units that like they were not your your run-of-the-mill unit uh, or even give you access to maybe a sieve that's uh, not playing in the game that you can get a unit from a sieve that's not oh playing my in the game God. Or, or something like that. Um, and, and it would be linked on like it might be that once you build this thing, there are things you have to do um, in order to 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 get one mercenary over another. Mercenaries are based on era, um, and they cost they cost gold to maintain. Um, you know, and then maybe one of the bad things about them is that that it is possible to have them turn on you. <laughs> it'd, it'd be cool if you can steal units from another sieve, like in the yeah. game. So like if you were yeah. Poland and I bought a mercenary camp, I can buy winged hussars for temporary turns. That would be really cool. And a little more historically better than just like buying it from random sieves that are like just in the game. Kind Something of to do with conscription. Yeah, that could be yeah. cool. That would be cool. Uh, one another one of my ideas is a builder hub that increases the efficiency of your builders. So whether whether it is increasing just the amount of times that they can build, or increasing the yields that output from them, or when when um, maybe it's kind of like un unlocking more things to build. So instead of having solar panels and like wind turbines super late in the game what if the requirement of that was to kind of like build a builder's hub and then you build a building that unlocks that the the ability to build um solar farms that's not not bad i actually that sort of opens up that i could even see something like mass transit being a district oh oh know? that would be cool yeah okay. where like because they do say they do say new districts and infrastructure. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess yeah, yeah. And it, it does say specifically inf infrastructure. It says district and infrastructure. That's but I think that's just August. the buildings within the district. I think that's what that yeah. means. I think it'll. Well, and it might be there might be some city center stuff that they move around. Yeah. Um, but something like a uh, mass transit, I could see that it could lower pollution. It could increase the movement of your units within your territory. Uh, it might make to ease trade. It might it might increase the like domestic trade routes, um, you know, so I could see uh, a couple upgrades because that's the thing, too. It's like, well, what would the upgrades be? Because um, yeah. usually you've got two or three upgrades, right, that um, that each one has. Um, but, yeah, I could I could see something like uh, mass transit. Well, it, I guess if you kind of go back to that with the intelligence agency, I would I would completely take it out of the civics tree. And the only way you unlock spies is by build, buying buildings. 
Isn't isn't that one of the upgrades? It, it is. They, it, and it, they it, would it is. If they did do that, they'd probably change that upgrade. They'd probably have that. Uh, or just something call else. it something. Don't call it an intelligence agency. Like call it whatever. You know, it'll unlock it with computers because it makes the most sense. And then like, you know, just send them out. Now the the neat thing with your idea for the the spy uh, district is, um, I could see it too being that either it could open up special civics or it could have things like. You know, later on, depending on the government that you have, maybe you have like, you know, if it's if you take fascism, you have like propaganda <laughs> that, yeah. it, that or if you if it's if you take um, communism, you know, communism democracy. versus like democracy. <laughs> yeah, like that. So like something to do with propaganda um, that maybe can either affect war wariness or like you don't want it to be too much like the an existing bill, like the government center where it's affecting loyalty. Um, but like, I like the idea of something like an intelligence agency that gives you more versatility, that gives you more options for, you know, the things that your sort of things your spies can do. Um, yeah, I think, I think that could be really neat. My last idea derives from, I think, Civilization 4, where you can build houses in the water. Yeah. And so I'm thinking, you know, super future tech underwater cities or like lake cities just neighborhoods in the water would 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 be would be that or even just more generally uh land reclamation what what is that i don't know what that means where you make land it's when you just reclaim land you just that would kind of eliminate the uh the flooding aspect i guess that now you can you can go but yeah like or like an engineering corp that like you know that is able to maybe make you know, special things like that allow you to to manipulate the land. That's a Civ two thing. They <laughs> they used to have so they used to have your your settler would upgrade to an engineer, and the engineer had the O option. So normally you could do like irrigator, mine, or road. Well, they had the O option, and the O option you could terraform, and you would change like mountains into a hill, hill into a plains, uh, tundra into a plains or desert into a tundra um it took a long ass time um but you have multiple desert of them into stack a tundra. On there. yeah that yeah, would take a yeah. while yeah it would it, it, takes, <laughs> it, 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 it would take a while um but that was a feature of civ 2 that they uh that they definitely had yeah i was thinking either that or like some sort of fish market that produces more food in the water just because, yeah. like, I feel like, so the only water districts is a harbor, which is mainly a military district, right? Because I guess it's kind of like, a, it's like a mixed bag of everything. It gives you food, it gives you production, it gives you science, and it also gives you military. So it's it's a really good district, but... And money. Yeah, money it gives you... Tra- train, right? Dude, this thing does everything. It's incredible. Um, but, like, something to so something maybe relieve off food. of the harbor, but you know, specifically into something else. You know, if you, if you think about it, like, there are districts that you can add food to. But there's not really like there's farms, but there's not really a food district like there are city centers things. Um, I could actually see something like an agricultural hub or something like that. A Um, farmer's market. A farmer's market. Yeah. Something that it makes more food. It might maybe it increases yields. That's when. Yeah. So that's that's why I didn't say that because the neighborhood neighborhood has a food market, but it has a food market eventually. They do. They do. They you can add you can add a food market. Um, but yeah, you know, that, that'd be something earlier, but yeah, again, it's like, you don't want to overstep, uh, anything. 
you know, like something we don't really have is uh, like, say, a logistics district that's more about managing resources, um, some strategic resources. Maybe uh, it has a way for you to buy access, okay, to strategic resources. Mm, that uh, would be like that. so relieving. Yeah. Oh, my um, gosh. So, you know, th that uh, call it what you want, the the black market or <laughs> or uh, just the logistics. Like, it's just you, you're resourceful and you can come up with, you know ways to get strategic resources um that could be neat um or maybe even like prospecting or something that you can access it's possible that like uh almost like how you have a um architect or, or not architect a um an archaeologist something that can like go and uh, find a resource oh, you can go to certain oh. areas and like look for a resource uh, but maybe you need like a special building uh, well, like a mining, a mining district would be like, yes, kind of like, like a, it'd be like a special mining district Ooh, that can, that can cool. randomly, um, and it might be, there might be a limit, like everyone might only be able to find one resource. Um, but you can, you can, uh, find a resource or something like that. Um, you know, even if each one only counted as one and then maybe each upgrade, you could get more of that single unit. That would be uh, cool. I'm down for that. I'm down. Yeah, there's a lot be, of good it'd ideas be distinctly here. Distinctly yeah. different from industry. It'd be distinctly different from industry because it's specifically strategic resources. A lot of good ideas. Uh, let's go to a Q and A really quick because we have one on Twitter. This one, I feel like we can very much have a, a good insight into this as we play both single player and multiplayer. Uh, this one comes from Copper Cutters, and he asks, "How does multiplayer strategy differ?" from taking on the AI? That's a good question. Did you know it was Copper Cutter? At Copper Cutter, yeah. Copper Cutter, did you know that- Copper Cutters, human... sorry, sorry. Uh, I'll, I'll just CC for short, okay. CC, did you know that humans make the most cunning AI? Uh, and it's probably the main difference is uh, that in the end, uh, it, once you understand a civilization's agenda, uh, you can kind of manipulate a civilization, do the things that it likes, and it, it'll be less likely to go to war with you. That's not always the case. Sometimes when you meet Australia, they always denounce you and hate you right away. Um, but um, there, there, there is some level of predictability uh, with, um, with, with AI, where with humans, there is a mix of unpredictability and predictability because eventually over time you yeah. learn... Okay, yeah, so more study. Too, so yeah. like I've yeah. now realized, and I don't always do the same things anymore. Um, so there is a certain level of predictability. Uh, the only sort of downside I see with AI is if you're looking to play Civ and you want to play right now, unless you know a couple awesome guys that you get together with every Sunday and you formulate a show based around the theory that people want to watch you play Civ and banter with one another. Crazy. Uh, right? If you don't have that being having finding reliable humans to play with can be tricky uh and i know like online there are jerks that quit early and drop out or you know just uh, or will wipe you out um so the main i'd say the main thing is that humans are unpredictable uh but if you meet a couple and they know what they're doing uh the the bond you as you play it's it's way more fulfilling in my opinion um than when playing the computer and like when you play the computer you know i'm now i'm practicing for when I'm gonna go and play uh, humans. And it is the reason why like when you play on 
you know, on immortal or deity and, or, you know, deity or anything like that, the main way that they make the computer that much harder to beat is they make them cheat, right? Like they're not doing things better. They're just, they get a huge head start. Um, and, and that happens with almost any real-time strategy. You know, if you play against the computer and, you know, and I only go by the back to this because it's my other bread and butter real-time strategy, uh, you know, uh, artist I used to play, which is StarCraft, um, you know, playing against a computer at some point, like even on the hardest difficulty, I'm not, I'm not even that great of a StarCraft 2 player. If you guys think I'm a bad Civ player, I'm a bad StarCraft 2 player. Um, and I can beat one of the hardest difficulties in StarCraft, the AI, because they don't know how to deal with like cheese all that well. Right, you can cannon rush any difficulty computer in in StarCraft Two and win pretty easily. They don't know what to do, um, and so they're not as intuitive. They can't change the strategy. They're usually given a script, and they can't not follow the script. Um, and so that's the idea. Like we don't have algorithms yet for AIs that they can make things up as they go. Like they they don't really do that. They follow like a general script. So Zoe's right. Like they're predictable most of the time. Um, if you do something that's unpredictable, they don't know how to react usually. And so there were a couple instances where we were playing the computer earlier on in our show and, you know, the chat would give us advice saying, Hey, just fortify all your guys and the computer will just suicide yeah. all the units yeah. into your guys. Um, and so like, cause you can predict what, the or you just be nystagmus and you suicide all your guys in fortified units. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so, um, playing the AI can get frustrating very quickly i definitely see that just because when i'm practicing throughout the week like when i tried playing like a, a five player game and they all declared war on me at one point i don't know why they just did yeah so i i agree with with both of you uh, zoe specifically when you mentioned agendas uh yeah they're uh, they're much more predictable than a, a human would be you when you see that you know teddy roosevelt's in your game oh good if i settle on his continent he'll like me settle one city on his continent and then he's your friend you don't have to worry about him he's not going to declare war on you because you met his agenda we all humans like when we play each other we kind of have agendas too so i know like if i were to give money to zoe he'd probably be my friend for for a while right because he loves money and so like that's kind of like his agenda in its own way but at the same time it's still unpredictable because i can give him the money but he can still declare war on me five turns later right it's not good faith but he could do it it's, and there's nothing stopping him. The only thing stopping him is me slapping on the back of the head saying, stop, you know, but, uh, you know, it's, it's unpredictable. Zoe, what are you doing? Zoe, Zoe. Stop, stop, stop it, stop it. <laughs> Slapping on the wrist. Um, so the biggest difference, 100% the predictability. Humans are just harder to predict. They always have an underlying scheme, even when they say something. They are hiding something. Carnival, else. it's Carnival. I'm just building my uh, Carnival. And when you play with the same people, you have that relation of like, like take me for example. I won a lot of the earlier games. I am now public enemy number one. <laughs> so like these two will do anything to cripple me first, and then will win because I think me losing is their victory in itself. We, you, because we've learned, we've learned. I don't know. When, when is that? When does that actually happen? We don't usually team like, up. The, no, I can't remember. No, no. Uh, I, I usually most of the instances is like Zoe stealing my settler and then we fight. <laughs> and then after that, after that, that's when it, everything shifted. That everything was like, focus. Let's focus on Moy. Let's focus on Moy. Hey, let's focus on Moy. After that game. 
and then you know of course me now i have my own clip associated with me now basically saying i lied how, right? dude like, i was so hurt like yeah i'm just building it for defense and like you're like the the guy who always tells the truth you're the honorable nystagmus you're you're a doctor hey you guys are the ones who put like a like i think it was i was this close to winning my very first game Right. What do you expect me to do? I just threw everything at the wall, basically. I'm like this close to winning my very first game and I'm playing as Grand Columbia. Come on, man. Like, you can't blame me. For yeah, that. No, no, I don't. I, and I will never blame anybody or like be I might be salty, but that's at myself. You know what I mean? If I lose to a war, if I lose the war, that's just like salty of me being like, I should have done something differently. But I'm never. I would never be salty at you guys. Like if you crush me, crush me. That's my fault. You know what I mean? Like, don't don't pity me. Don't like just because I'm good at science in the later game, then kill me in the early game. I don't care. Whatever. I'll move on. You know what I mean? Like, I'll move on. We always do. Yeah. There's always next week. There's always next time. I don't mind producing the show. Like, hey, (laughs) if if, you know what I mean? I probably should be. If you're going to eliminate somebody from the game first, eliminate me because then I can just be like, okay, I'll sit back and like let you guys go. Is Nama Total, are are they the ones who made that clip? Yes, he was (laughs) the one that made that clip. Niall, me and you just became best friends. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was our Q and A. And unless you guys have anything else to talk about, I'm just looking at these the three terrible sieves that right. I have the choice of. So let's. I guess that is the re- the quote unquote reveal. So the reveal is that we haven't really picked our sieves yet, but we are doing a community game where we are going to pick two people at random to play with us on Sunday. So let's make sure that you can commit to at least five hours on Sunday. It is from 7 p.m. Eastern to midnight Eastern. We do now have a hard deadline of midnight. At midnight, we take our last turn. And if you, whoever at that point has the highest score wins. I like that format, so we're going to stick to it. Uh, so, yeah, we're looking for two people. Uh, are we let's let's extend the call out for a couple of couple of days for the people that are here yeah like the most important thing is that you understand how we're judging you and that uh if you if you're selected and chosen as this great glorious honor okay that how critical it is that you you you're there you're ready to go you have no technical difficulties and especially things that you can't prevent. Okay, I don't want to hear about it. Okay, we're judging you. That is a big deal. Okay, I don't want to. I don't want to get uh, people too worried. But you know, we're kind of a big deal here <laughs> at the Civ Show. And uh, you getting this could be your big shot, kid. This could be your way to the top for two of you. And you'll be getting the worst garbage civs. I'm sorry, because the format that I chose for my victory last week is where it's called dumpster fire. And we're gonna we're gonna use although all sieves are great, um, we're gonna use the remaining five sieves so that we can start fresh, uh, and we're gonna do probably something special in between. By the way, before I choose my sieve, I do need to know what uh, like are we would we be playing on a larger map? Yeah, we would be playing on a larger map with five people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah, can yeah. fit it in a tiny small, the tiny. So there's tiny. dual and then tiny. Tiny's meant for four people, but since we fit three people on a two player map, I think we can fit five people on a four player map. So tiny is two continents. Potentially, depending on what map is selected. One of my sieves main ability requires that there's two continents or it does nothing (laughs) or it does absolutely Uh... nothing. These are all 
the most dumpster fire of sibs. So yeah, yes, that, I would say. So there is two what problems. I'm hearing a lot of is choose your civilization because you have a three P already. So we're not <laughs> going to like make it easier for you just because you won three games in a row. So you take the risk. I, then. You take I the know. Risk that there's not going to be another continent on the game. So they're all just. I just want you to know how terrible each and every one of them is. Like Scythia's okay, and I remember when like. The game first came out, Scythia was a big deal. But, like, they're literally a one-horse wonder. Like, they, they have this point where, like, yeah, they go and they can they can conquer a bunch of stuff. And then I they know, I know not a lot of people say this to you, so, but I believe in you. I believe in your ability to overcome. Yeah, I am pretty great. So, I don't, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you get the and worst I'm things, probably dude. the most modest one here, so. Oh, of course. You know. Uh, after me, you might be, uh, obviously. You might be right. You might be right. I'm the modest one, Nystagnus is the liar, and Moy is... The humble one. I lie, I lie, I lie one time. That's, no, all, that's it all it takes, takes man. That's all, that's all, it, that's it, all takes. it takes. I mean, hey, look, you kill one guy, you're known as a murderer, you know? Like, that's all it takes. Yeah, because those two <laughs> things are comparable. <laughs> in my heart, it is, okay? I put a lot of trust in people, and when you lie to me... It really takes a part of my soul, just like being murdered. It takes a part of my soul, you know? Same thing. You murdered my trust mm. is what you did. I could call you a murderer, you know? That's what you did. <laughs> anyway, uh, so do we, I guess, should we reveal who we're playing? Not fans of hyperbole. Um, yeah, we like, uh, I, I like we, to review we can, mine. I already chose mine, so. We can reveal, and then I guess, like, you know, I'll... I'll choose by the time it gets to me, I guess. Like, All right, so terrible. I'll start. I will be playing. I don't have a graphic for this for those live on Twitch right now. I don't have a graphic for this, but I will be playing Congo. Do, 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 do. And I'm very, very, very excited for Congo. I honestly have no idea what they do, but I do know I remember playing against them in one of a really, really old game uh, for like a true start location map. And their science was whatever reason way better than mine. It's, I, that's the only thing I remember from them. I don't, I don't even think they do anything from science. From what Zoe told me, they they have a lot evolved around great works and art. So I think maybe they produce more culture. or I think they produce food. It's like food per great work or something like that. Every every great work makes like like crazy stuff, but they're like it's hard to get. So it's like you, the, the great works that you need are like, I think they're the ones that are harder to get. But like I'm almost certain like a year ago you were them. And you showed us how silly they can be. I don't remember that. Uh, I'm getting told that Congo cannot get a religion. Yeah, they can't get a religion, but like their, but their, like their main ability is based around relics and artifacts. Relics and sculptures. how can I get relics if I can't get a religion? That doesn't they make any sense. They want a religion. They they want you to bring religion to them. Yeah, but how do I get a relic? I have to kill a missionary, an apostle, right? Is their whole thing? Well, or you you. You bring people, you say, come, bring your faith. But that doesn't give me a relic. Yeah, well, that's just, it's, it's, <laughs> can't, can't, can't build holy or sites or found a religion, but receives all beliefs from any religion that has established itself as Congonese majority religion, not just the followers. Building a Manuzia, a Manuzia or a theater district grants a free apostle of the, so you can, you can get an apostle for free when you build uh, their special building or 
the theater district so that you can you can get you can, you can totally get relics. oh relics artifacts and sculptures so it is a specific yeah, art thing yeah so there there's a but i don't know i think they're they're not terrible like the their special neighborhood that you unlock with guilds is pretty kick-ass like it's plus five housing plus two food plus four food or sorry fl- uh, plus four gold um, you know, but you get it at guilds instead of urbanization, which is like way earlier than urbanization. So like, you know, you love big, you love big cities. Well, this might be the, uh, the sieve for wow. you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've, I've, I've never played Congo. Now, now that I'm reading their abilities, I'm like, I definitely have not played Congo. So it was not me who showed whoever. I'll be it for me to call you a liar. Yeah, I'm not the liar nystagmus is. You already established that one. <laughs> He's nodding his head in disapproval like, I cannot believe. <laughs> so, right. Now to reveal who I'm going to Yeah, go now. for it. Don't, don't believe me who I review, though, because I might be lying. I don't know. So um, I will be taking um, over as leader of Saladin uh, of Arabia. Probably one of the better civilizations that are available back to us still. The best. Zogus, the, uh, yeah, it's the best. It's the best. It's an amazing civilization. <laughs> the Arabian Nights are it's religion, so good. science, They're and military, so and they all synchronize perfectly. It's it's a it's a fantastic real um civilization. You're guaranteed a religion? Like come on. Guaranteed dude. a religion. Come on. <laughs> so I good. mean, come on. See? See? See how it worked out? We mirrored it. So Congo can't get a religion, and I oh. am a religion no matter <laughs> what. No matter yeah, what. That's funny actually. So uh, perfect mirror matchup here, man. What are you looking forward to most with Arabia? Do you do you know what they do? I don't know enough about them yet because we didn't so choose until right the now, Arabian so. Nights. This is where this is where I made my name in back in Turns of War. I played Arabia and I rushed their unique unit. Went straight to it. Literally didn't get anything else. Maybe walls, but I got like straight to their knights. And we played on a specific map every single week. It was the Four Leaf Clover basically four corners and i went straight nights and i went across the entire map murdered one person then i went to the other corner of the map murdered the other person and then went to the final corner of the map and murdered the third person and it was moy's arabian nights coming in the night was the worst fear i I instilled in everybody else it was it was pretty bad like they have uh, arguably the best knight unit in the yeah, game. Yeah, they heal when they kill a unit. They heal 30, I think, when they kill a unit, from what I remember. And they're better. They're just, like, stronger. And so when, you, when you're up it against heal, It heals at the end of every turn, even after moving and attacking. There you go. That's what yes. it's special is, yes. which is uh, very potent. It also, everything's cheaper. Everything's cheaper about it. Um and uh, I think it's a slightly higher attack than a knight. Oh, no, it's the same attack. Is it? Oh. <laughs> it, it ignores, um, it heals, but it ignores it's, enemies' it's, zone of control. All, all, all heavy cavalry. But I think that's all, all, heavy, that's cavalry. all heavy cavalry oh, yeah. um, do that. Um, but it, it um, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's that healing ability um, is, is just fantastic. Like, it, because it's passive. It just every turn you're healing. Um even after you move or attack, that is so useful in uh, in war. And then not to mention that, yeah, everything's just it's one cheaper to 
for ma- maintenance, one cheaper for everything. So it's it's a fan, fan, flantabulous <laughs> night. <laughs> That's a word now. So who, so who are you choosing to play? All right. Now? I am out of spite for this dumpster fire of selection. I'm going to choose, according to the Civ 6 tier guide list, what is known as the worst Civ in the game. And I'm going to try and go for my fourth victory as Tamar... You'd be good with them though, because um, you understand era score. I am very good with eras, so maybe I and, can and remember take by this. Zoe's philosophy, any civilization is tier A tier in the in the right hands, you know. And this will prove it. This will prove it. This will prove it. If I can win with uh, this terrible sieve, um, which like I guess. I, it's a wall, like they, they, their special is a, a renaissance wall, wall okay, specifically. It's a, it's a renaissance wall that in the last upgrade they actually made okay. Like it was, it was pretty garbagey before. Now it's like plus 200 outer defense for um, a, a medieval wall or rena- sorry, renaissance, a renaissance wall. So it's it's a it's a great wall. It's pretty much your steel wall. That's what it is. Yeah. It's like you you get your you get your steel wall. Um, and there's some other minor benefits, but they also, while they're doing a golden age, they get, um, uh, they get plus 50% to build. So like that's 150% to build. So I don't know. I'll play a defensive weird game. The other two civs are like, if Philip, if we're playing where there's more like Spain, sorry, with, you know, they have a, their, their ability is neat. Their trade, like international trade, if it's a continent away is, is great. But I just find that even on the tiny map, when we have continents, it's like everywhere is one continent and then there's an island that's a different continent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is what I tend to find. And then with the Scythians, you know, they're actually great for a quick win. Um, but I just have a feeling that they're, you know, they're not going to live long enough. So that. I'll leave uh, the mighty Scythian and the amazing Spanish. To uh, whatever two new recruits uh, step forward to test their might against us. And I'll say this because I was second place, so I get to choose the map type. Yeah. Right. So I really like Terra. We're going to revisit Terra. Awesome. Well, I love Terra okay, too. Okay. Yeah. Terra was, Terra was it's cool. going to be a little bit bigger because of the tiny map. So maybe there might be a little more space in between to settle more cities. So that'll be really interesting. Be sure to follow us on all social medias. We have Twitter, we have Instagram, we have Facebook, we have YouTube, and we're also on Spotify. It's at The Civ Show all over the place. If you are looking for a more intimate connection, though, I would definitely suggest joining our Discord. Uh, we're pretty fast to, uh, to reply, and we've got some cool people forming on there asking good questions. Yeah, we like to talk about civilization, but we also like to talk about just off-topic things and just build a friendly community of like-minded Friendly community surrounded by the acknowledgement that Moy likes to build giant mounds of turd and sit on them and throw turds at people from them. And if you like a conversation that's like 10 minutes long about this mountain of turd, you'll enjoy the Discord discourse. (laughs) <laughs> oh jeez. anyway uh that's all the time we have for today so we will see you on sunday for the civ show have a good night everybody good night see, see you sunday, sunday.